Welcome to Character Explorations, a podcast production of the Wentz Center for Character Education at the University of Dubuque. I'm Annalee Ward, the director of the Wentz Center. And our guest today is Dr. Jim Romagna, Assistant Professor of Health, Wellness, and Sport. He is the author of the article, Ritual in Sports, Transition and Transformation. This article is available online at dbq.edu slash wendt. Welcome, Jim. Thank you. As we think about this issue of the journal, Character and Transitions, I know you bring your experiences to this research. You've been an athlete, you've worked with coaches, you train athletes. I imagine you've seen a lot of transitions and your article begins with a description of a locker room. What was it about this locker room that brought you to the topic of ritual in sports? So it's a junior hockey team, and it's um, it's tier one hockey, which is really the best hockey players in North America. Um, and the the hot seat was brought to this program with the coach who had national championship experience in college. He played at the professional level, and the hot seat was essentially a ritual in which. Um, Everybody on the team was critiqued by everybody else on the team. And and everybody else, meaning the players, the coaches, any of the staff that's involved in the team. And uh, as I mentioned in the article, it was kind of a, a no-holds-barred approach of, you know what, just because you're the head coach, you're not going to be immune to the criticism. And everyone goes in knowing that. And it's that idea of, of leveling and bringing everybody to the same point, regardless of your seniority on the team, regardless of your role with the team. So everybody um, got to, they got a, a, a sheet of paper, and for everybody on that team, they got to write down something or more than one thing about that athlete, about that coach. And it was in effort as they transition from the regular season into the playoffs to say, okay, we've got, we've done a lot of good things, but we've really got some work to do because we want to win a championship. So we need to air all of our laundry. And how are we going to do that? You get to say whatever you want to say about anybody on this team. And as I interviewed one of those players and and it's quoted in the, in the article, he said, this wasn't about name calling or about picking on somebody. This was about, you know, being honest with that individual's talents and personalities and how they can best help the team going forward. So it was really an honest assessment by each player of each player in that organization. So how it actually played out was the athlete would sit on this proverbial hot seat in the chair in the middle of the locker room and was handed his sheet with what everybody said about him. And it was anonymous in that I didn't know who it was coming from, but they got to read what each person said about them and they, and they would verbalize it. They would say it out loud. They would hear it. Um, So it was really a powerful moment. And when you talk to, uh, I ended up interviewing two players from that team. And then when you talk to anybody who's gone through the organization that's taken part in that. They all kind of point to that as, as one of the biggest moments as being part of that team. 
which is interesting because it's not even on the ice, right? It's, you know, what is the biggest moment? Well, it wasn't winning the championship. It was that moment of uh, the hot seat where I really had to analyze myself based on what my players and my coaches were saying about me. Was this a one-time event or uh, a regular practice for this organization or this coach? It was a regular practice for that coach that then I believe through tradition got carried on a few more years. But it was done one time throughout the year. And part of, um, you know, it, it, part of the article, and I, I gave tips on like how to implement ritual. Um, I talk, I'll talk a little bit later about that, but, um, but that's some of the power is just doing it that one time. And then as I interviewed the head coach in my research for this article, he's already kind of morphed that into something different already, but something similar. And which is really interesting because part of the, you know, I reference coaches, you know, having to evolve in their philosophy and change the way they coach. And there's a guy who has all this experience and all this championships, and he's still kind of shaping his coaching philosophy. So he's even changed the way he does the hot seat. Okay. Well, you give this example as as a situation of transitioning from regular season to postseason play. What other kind of transitions are there in sports? Um, you know, I make a few references of things like, um, you know, the, the high school to the college transition. And that one is, you know, if you're going from high school to college no matter what level of play division three through division one or naia or whatever it might be you are in a very small percent percentage and what one of those difficult transition is going from being the big fish in the small pond to being you know the average fish and the you know now there's oh now everybody around me is pretty darn good so i no longer am the guy so, um, you know, that is a big transition for a lot of athletes. And sometimes they're, they're ill-prepared for that in that they get there and, and they might quit, or they might give up, or they might get discouraged or, um, you know, lose the desire. And so that, that's a tough transition. So some of the other transitions along with that, you know, high school to college or there's within seasons, which it's from, you know, regular season to championship season. Um, and, and then probably the biggest one is when when an athlete at any level or at, at any expertise is all of a sudden faced with, I'm no longer being a competitive athlete. And that's, that's a very hard thing for a lot of people to deal with. Uh, moving on in life and making the transition from a student athlete to just a student or from a person who is an athlete to just a person and kind of losing that I wouldn't say losing but transitioning away from that identity as an athlete or an athletic person because that's been so much of your identity so it's kind of like well, right. where do I go from here well you've you mentioned that this team used a ritual and you've made this connection to transitions and I'm Wondering if you could help me a little bit more to understand 
maybe is there theory involved uh, that transitions and rituals are related or are rituals a part of transition? How does this work? Well, you know, a ritual by, by definition or by some definition is repetitive, symbolic, purposeful behavior. And as far as, you know, kind of differentiating between ritual and tradition. Traditions are things like we do this all the time or we, we shake hands after games or we give medals or we give places, whereas ritual is really a single distinctive more powerful thing that um, is integrated within a season or within a, a career that is really more of a defining moment of going from from here's where we were or where I am and here's where I'm going. And it takes something a little more, a little deeper than just, you know, traditions that most everybody's familiar with. I can see where even the small act of shaking hands afterwards or fist bumps or whatever it is they're doing, that that is a small ritual that helps transition to the end of the game. It's over. This is but before we leave or acknowledging our opponents or whatever. So uh, rituals are a part, then I'm hearing you say, of, of a transition that they can be a, a part of that process. Well, you've mentioned um, the hot seat ritual used in this, this junior hockey league. Can you give us uh, another example? Um, another example that I used was uh, Doc Rivers. It was the head coach of the Boston Celtics. And he adopted... Um, the idea of Ubuntu, and which in really in layman's terms is, I cannot be successful. I cannot be great unless you're successful and you're great. This was Nelson Mandela's concept from South Africa, right? Y yes. Okay. Yes. To kind of um, go back to the idea of of leveling that I talked about with the hot seat, he came to his team and he said here's the concept and he shared it with he actually shared it with some of the younger guys the rookies and his here's the concept you're going to explain it to the team so right from the get-go it was a i'm taking off my coach hat and you know this is going to be us and it's going to come from the ground level which is the players uh so so they kind of adopted that as their rallying cry for the year. Um, so, you know, Ubuntu is more of a philosophy that he turned into a ritual. And although we want to be careful how often we use a ritual, um, they, they did adopt it as, you know, every time they broke a huddle, they would, they would break it to Ubuntu and they would, um, you know, if they got on the bus and somebody was doing something that wasn't, you know, becoming of the team or the philosophy, they would, they would call them on it because of you know the idea that we're all we're all the same we need to build each other up and do you know if if you're bringing you know your your seat made of coffee you better bring coffee for the whole bus right like so you know some of it was a little lighthearted, but at, for the most part that was really he felt the driving force uh and then the end of that story is they won an they won the world championship 
And turned a bunch of individuals into a team, mm-hmm. it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. And, and wow. probably one of the hardest things in sports to do is get, get people to realize their role and to play together as a team, especially at that highest level. So it's really interesting. He took a philosophy and turned it into ritual in the huddle. And that has shaped them, reminded them. Um, You also talk about another kind of transition, another example with the Bulls. What happened with the Chicago Bulls? So the the third um, ritual that I reference in my article is... Uh, in the article, I refer to it as fire in the can, and it was something that Phil Jackson, if you've, um, if any of us out there experienced with him, we know that he is, you know, he's really a kind of a philosoph- very philosophical guy and, you know, kind of a deep thinker. And, you know, so he came up with this, um, this ritual, and this was definitely a one-time thing, and, and I'm not even sure how you know, if it was just something he just came upon spontaneously or whatever. But the idea was that uh, the franchise as we know it, the, the Chicago Bulls, after winning six world titles, were going to not, they were going to be dismantled. Like it, the writing was on the wall. They knew it was coming. It was, it had to do with contracts and trades and, you know, and, and maybe kind of just the, you know what, it's, it's we've run our course it's time to do something else and um so he brought everybody together and the neat thing about that was um steve kerr was part of that team who's now uh an nba coach the golden state warriors and you know he said it was one of the most in all of the things that he's done and been a part of it was the most powerful thing he's been a part of and i think what made it so powerful as they were all in that room as as human beings, not as superstars. And remember, Michael Jordan's in this room, who is, you know, arguably the most famous athlete in the world. And they were all sitting there as the season was over, some careers were over, the franchise as we know it was over. So it's like, what's next? And it was a way for Coach Jackson to help them transition from that really powerful team into wherever they're headed next. And he asked them to write anything they wanted. And, you know, they basically wrote these messages, uh, read them out loud into the, to the team. And then um, kind of the neat thing about that is n- n- none of what was said is ever, uh, maybe social media wasn't as strong back then. So they, they you know, they, they didn't have it recorded, but, whatever was said was said within the walls of that locker room and never shared. And then they put the, the messages in that can coffee can in the middle of this room and he turned the lights off and, and turned it or lit it on fire. And that was like a really powerful closing to that, uh, group of, of athletes. Wow. The gratitude, the opportunity there for a ritual to move on, um, your rituals of humility and compassion. It sounds to me like character building work. If students are playing sports, isn't character just a natural result of participation? 
Or what is the coach's role in character growth? Well, we've often, for a long time, it's it's been very normal to say, you know, that sports build character. And I've repeated that. I've thought that for a long time. And then the more you think about it and the more you read and research, and it's not really the actual participation in it, but it's there's moments that are created within sport that can be character building and they can, you know, um, the sport itself offers an opportunity to, to build ritual within that program or that team. Um, and then that really is, as you can see from the three examples I use, they're all very unique. And would they work with other teams and with other groups? Pro- probably not. And so it really comes down to the coach understanding the the team dynamic and what they what they can and can't do with it and will it work and you know will it you know I, when I interviewed the head coach about the hot seat you know he said because I asked him that I said you're coaching pros now can you do that same thing with the pros and he was and he was hesitant because I don't know if it would really work like it's just a different dynamic so one of the things that makes good coaches good coaches is that they understand their team. They have their they have their finger on the pulse of the team and they know what they can and can't do with them and they know what they need. Uh, so they can create these moments that can help those athletes transition transition and and really, you know, back to the hot seat, that that character building was listen, you're these kids were 16 to 20 years old sitting there and being told things that they had never heard from somebody before. And then they had to kind of take that in and think about it and then come out on the other end, hopefully as a, a stronger person, a better person, um, and, and maybe taking to heart some of the things that they needed to change as, as an athlete and a person. So coaches really can create these moments, and athletes too have a, have a role in this work of of character building and and going through transitions with character so what kind of purposeful behaviors are needed to help in transitions and in rituals in sport uh well at the end of my article i list five things that really might be helpful to coaches and and that they could employ and i i don't tell them what you know, again, the big thing is you know your team, so you have to come up with the actual ritual. Like, what do you think is going to work with the group you have? You know, but um, those five are, I start with create moments. Um, and, like, when is the right time to use it? And, for example, in all three of these cases, one was transitioning from regular season to the playoffs. One was transitioning from... Um, I believe the Celtics that year started out poorly and he was really grasping for like, okay, how do I get all these stars on the same page? So he was confronted with kind of a dilemma that he had to solve. So then he implemented it. So that was the moment that was created. And then with Phil Jackson and the Bulls, it was at the very end of this fabulous run of championship games. The second one is, is to be sincere with it. Um, and as I, I alluded to traditions and routines like handshakes and, you know, maybe pregame routines, you know, those are things that just things that just kind of come uh, become automatic. Uh, but the ritual should be something that's really sincere and really 
uh, almost held as sacred. Like, okay, this is not something that we take lightly. It's not something that we do every day because it will lose some of its power. Um, and uh, third is, is reflection. Uh, and that's this is really important when we talk about that transition is is the time to reflect and give give them time and space, especially if we go back to that hot seat. You know, if you're a 17 year old and you're being kind of told these things for the first time, you're like, oh, wow, this is really, you know, am I, I'm kind of blindsided by this. Nobody's ever said this to me. I've always been the best and no one's ever been critical of my my play or my actions or my personalities so giving them time and I asked him I said what was that like after that I go did you have practice did you give he goes he goes we did have a practice but it was optional so some guys went out and just shot around some guys laughed and played around some guys you could tell were like really digesting that and you know so be respectful of that ability for them to really reflect on it not hit somebody with something real powerful and then, oh, by the way, we've got to be on the ice in five minutes and ready to go. Um, the fourth one is promote autonomy. Um, and that's that, that idea of leveling and, you know, be, as a coach, don't be a coach in that moment. Be part of the team. Be level with your players. Take the coach hat off. Um, you know, be, be part of or embedded in the team and let them know that you're coming to them as another human being, not as as their superior, as their coach. And then lastly, um, reinforcement. And um, don't diminish the ritual by going back to it with too much frequency, but refer back to it. And, and because it was a powerful moment, it should easily be recalled and when I interviewed for that hot seat, uh, one of the former players, the first thing he said to me, I said, can, can we talk about the hot seat? And he's been 13 years removed. And he said, yeah. He goes, I remember it like it was yesterday. Good suggestions. Thank you for those ideas. It's, it's been a delight to hear about this article, to chat with you today. Do you have any last words for us as we wrap this up? Um, I would, I would say that I, probably the best synopsis is really the last sentence of, of my article. And it reads, sports like life is full of transitions and presents the opportunity to use rituals to help those transitional moments become deeper, more meaningful and life altering, truly transformative experiences. Thank you, Jim. Our guest today has been Dr. Jim Romagna, Assistant Professor of Health, Wellness, and Sport. And I'm Annalee Ward for Character Explorations from the Wentz Center for Character Education at the University of Dubuque. <laughs>